Episode 57, Sunday, December 2nd, 2012. Just a few more days left to live. It's time for the XJ Talk Show. Now, here's my two favorite boys, Tony and Josh. <laughs> well, welcome back, guys. Uh, if you've been uh, listening or watching on Ustream, you knew we were, uh, or you know that we've uh, been uh, trying to get things together uh, for the show. I was just making the comment to Josh, and, and welcome, Josh. Welcome back, Josh. Uh, before I get too far too far into this. Uh, Thanks. Uh, still here. If you're uh, a new uh, listener to the uh, podcast, uh, you should know that uh, Josh is now our official co-host, has, uh, has been for the last several shows, and uh, very happy to hear, have him on. Uh, makes it, gives the, the show a whole new uh, level of uh, interest and excitement, I believe. Yep, riding shotgun, called early, and uh, now I got dibs on the passenger seat. Yeah, and I'm doing double duty. I'm messing with uh, sound and video, and uh, there we go. Uh, so if you are a uh, uh, somebody that's tuned in to the Ustream show right now, uh, you can see uh, Josh and I, uh, oh joy, <laughs> through, the, through the magic of electronics and uh, internet and uh, electronics and all that stuff. So uh, hope you uh, hope you're enjoying the live show. If you're uh, listening to the podcast and you are, have not seen the live show, uh, I, th- I would like to think you're missing out. So if you would like to, to join us, that's uh, Sundays, 10 p.m. Central Time, uh, ustream.tv slash channel slash xjtalk. I need to add a little more to that just to make it that much longer, Josh. Yeah, you gotta you got to lengthen it out as, as much as you can just to make it you know that much more confusing. Plan for the worst. So what do we got on, uh, on the more uh, entertaining aspect of Jeeps? <laughs> well, I, I know something that, that you and I had talked about um, off the air, as it were, was um, introducing more stuff that is, that is the off-road world and, and the world of Jeeps related as far as what's going on you know, elsewhere. Yes. And although I you know, don't have anything right here in front of me other than you know, a couple things that I have going on in my little corner of the world, um, you know, I think that's something that we're going to start providing you guys is, is sort of a what's what in the Jeep world. We may make an entire segment out of it and call it something and, and add some production value to it or, or whatnot. You know, that's, we, we haven't decided that yet, but something that we want to do is get you guys involved. And, and obviously there's, there's stuff going on all around the world in the off-road community, whether it be an off-road show or a fundraiser or, you know, a new release of this or that or, or whatnot. And everybody's got, you know, a four-wheel drive shop in their state, if not in their town. And, you know, these people, they hold events. They're, you know, part of the, part of the world uh, as far as off-roading goes. And, and they sort of have their finger on the pulse. And, and if you got something going on in your town, we'd like to hear about it, whether it's, a, you know, an, an email or a private message to me and Tony through xjtalk.com or, or even post it up in the events section on xjtalk.com. Both of those are great venues to get the word out to us as far as what's going on in your neck of the woods. Now, we're going to be doing our own research and stuff, but if you do have something going on in your town, in your area, 
uh, or you know of something, uh, by all means, maybe head out there, do an on-the-scenes report. Tony and I have uh, talked about in the past about you guys um, using a little app on your smartphone or or getting a you know cheapo digital recorder and and going out and and you know doing some impromptu interviews, talking with people around that are at these events or or the people that are hosting these events and just sort of asking a couple of questions. You know, who are you? What are you doing? And and what's going on? That sort of thing. And you know, you don't have to get any tricky with it. You don't have to have a, a degree in broadcasting or anything. And but uh, you know, just a couple couple minutes of some audio from. Um, you know, your little corner of the of the United States or the world as far as what's going on in the off-road world, I think it would be really cool. And, of course, you know, we can uh, – there's a good chance we'll be able to use it in the podcast. Yep, yep. And uh, it's always fun to have more people involved in things. It's just like the forums. The more people that are involved, the more interesting it is. And you guys are the the third seat, as it were. Uh, it's, you know, it's me and Tony, and and uh, and then you as well. And uh, you know, the way you can join the uh, join in on the fun is is to participate and and uh, get a little bit of uh, content going our way as well. Yep. So uh, anyway, you mentioned some 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 stuff going on with your Jeep, uh, Josh. Uh, can you? I know it's fresh in your mind. Uh, oh, it may be maybe in my hands. And yeah, yeah. May, maybe you're a little too sensitive right now. But can you talk about it? Oh, I can, I can, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a story. So I, um, what was it September, August September, um, this year, earlier this year, I, uh, I got a deal on some parts, and they've been, they've been sitting in my garage for a while. I've been a, I've been a lazy bastard. I got to admit it. And so these, I've had some stuff that's been needing to go on the Jeep for a while. I just haven't done it, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, whether it be I just wasn't in the mood, or I didn't have the time, or. Or, you know, just whatever. I didn't get around to installing the parts. So what I had was some uh, adjustable upper and lower control arms and a uh, and a tie rod upgrade. Now, I've got fixed aftermarket lower control arms on the Jeep already. And I've been running for a while now the, the Grand Cherokee, the V8 ZJ tie rod kit, uh, tie rod and pitman arm combo with the larger um, tie rod ends. Well, um on a wheeling trip earlier this year, uh, my my tie rod suffered a little bit of carnage, and it got a little bit of a bend bend in it. And I bent it out myself the best I can using a tree strap and a and a large stump, and um, and everything's been fine. It actually tracks straight and whatnot. But I know that it was a weak point in the steering system. So you know that the and of course now that I'm about five and a half inches of lift or so, you know, a fixed lower control arm and stock upper control arms just doesn't quite cut it. So I, you know, I, the, these adjustables were definitely a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I can't afford and, and have, haven't been able to do, you know, a long arm upgrade. Um, and it's something that I've toyed around with whether or not I want to do a long arm kit or, or drop brackets. It's one of those, you know, age old debates. And I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of threads on the forums about uh, which way to go and all that. And I haven't made up my mind yet, but uh, whether it be drop brackets or long arms, uh, either way, I don't know. But what I've got right now is a full set of uppers and lowers that needed to go on. So my plan was Saturday, uh, wake up and, you know, get my day going and, um, and hop out into the garage and start, start working on the Jeep. So first things first was I, um, I did some routine maintenance. I, um, I didn't do a full tune up, but I went and refreshed the, uh, the cap and rotor, cleaned off some oxidation and some, uh, some gunk and build up that was on the, the points or the, uh, the contacts in there, clean that up and, um, taking some of my advice from the last podcast. <laughs> and I, uh, um, Went and did a you know visual inspection over everything and and cleaned out the air filter really good, uh, which hadn't been cleaned out since this summer. And I've been on several dusty trail rides where it it desperately needed it. And I 
oh man, this is embarrassing. I um I knocked out about a good solid cup, a, a measuring cup of dirt out oh of my gosh. air filter from all the dust that they've accumulated in there. Have you considered a snorkel? I I I, I have. Um, not quite on the radar yet. I mean, it's, it's on the list, but uh, there's some other things that I need to get first. I desperately sure. need a winch bumper. I have a winch that's been sitting in the garage for the better part of six months and it's, it's without a bumper. And there's a, there's a little bit more armor that I want to do before I think about a snorkel. So, um, it's, 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 it's on the list, but it's just, it's low priority right now. So I've got a, um, I've got a, a reusable air filter. So I, I knocked it out and, and cleaned it up. So that cup of dirt that was in there, dust and debris and whatnot, um, that I cleaned out of it was probably something to do with the, the 12 and a half miles per gallon that I've been getting lately. <laughs> so, uh, after the maintenance and all that stuff was done, uh, I did a fluid check and everything is, everything's fine. Uh, so then I actually got to work on actually, you know, turning some wrenches. So, um, the, um, the lower control arms were first and I've, I've done control arms on, on several other people's builds. I've, you know, had these on and off a couple of times before, um, that my fixed ones rather. And, uh, and so these, these lower adjustables, uh, I set them to, uh, was about 16 and a half inches, I think, uh, 16 and five eighths, something like that, which is right about where they needed to be for the amount of lift that I've got. And, um, and there's charts online that I, that I verified this information through, through a few different sources. And so I set the, uh, set the length and proceeded to put those on, took the old ones off and put these ones on. One of the uh, the driver side uh, the driver side fixed control arm that I pulled off, and these were pro comp um, control arms that were on there before. Uh, fixed polyurethane bushings, still in great condition. The the bushings, in fact, look look new. Um, but um, the one my driver side control arm had a uh, had a little bit of a wear mark on it from when I had uh, gone my phase two of of my lift and went from three inches to five and a half, and uh, didn't have a an adjustable. Um, adjustable uh, track bar yet. And so my axle was a little bit off center and there's some tire rub marks on it. No big deal. All in all, they're still in great condition. And I, and I plan on, um, on passing them down to another jeeper that, that may need to, you know, upgrade their lift a little bit. So I got the old ones out, got the new ones in a little bit of manhandling and some creative use with uh, several different pry bars and the lowers adjustables were in great time to move on to the uppers. So, uh, Got the driver's side upper off uh, relatively easily. I um, I pulled a a dunce move, Tony. Uh, <laughs> you took them both off at the same time. No, in fact, I I, <laughs> I didn't. I I did only take the one off. Except, you know, I was at this point prog- progress had been flowing really good. I was you know I was in fifth gear, going you know all out. Uh, I just kind of wanted to get things done and and get moving because my objective was to get this done and, and back on the road so I can go get, uh, go get an alignment done real quick. Uh, Cause I knew that once I did these and, and got the track bar and stuff on there, that things were going to be a little out of whack. And so I wanted to make sure that, that as this being my daily driver, that I was going to be good to go for my commute on Monday without, you know, drastically pulling to the right or, or the tires barking as I went down the road. So, um, so I'm, I'm flying through everything. And the last Jeep that I had worked on as far as lift kit components go was a, uh, a 2003 TJ and uh, did a, uh, a full four and a half inch Curie lift kit on it. And I'm just thinking in my head, okay, you know, these are the kind of things that I need to do as far as control arms go. I, uh, there's a small oval opening in the um, Cherokee uh, frame, uh, the frame rails as it were. And um, to get to the, the, the thing that, you know, the, the bolt uh, for the upper control arm, the upper mount of the upper control arm. So I got in there with a socket 
and I got in on the other side with a wrench and I start turning and I start turning and, and all of a sudden I slip and the socket comes off and the socket rolls down the frame rail inside the Jeep. Oh no. Yeah. You have a magnet thing, right? One of those little extendable magnet deals. Well, it, it's a very small oval opening, and so something straight can only go in there so far. Oh yeah. Look, I've got I've got you know some bendy thingies that that work out really good. I went inside, grabbed a magnet off the refrigerator, <laughs> taped it onto the end of it, and after about an hour of fishing, I got my socket back. But the dunce move was that you don't need a socket on that. There's oh, yeah, a there's that's a right. tab. Yeah, that's right. There's a tab that comes off those, and I don't know what I was thinking. I was just, you know, I was in that fifth gear and, and just, you know, just moving and, and getting things rolling. And Well, it and, is hard to see. I mean, they yeah, don't make well, it very easy to see. And if you don't get a nice bright light to, to look at it, you don't know. Yeah, so I just, you know, I was feeling, okay, this socket won't work. Okay, this socket will work. And, and I started turning and, oh, no, and, duh. You know, there's it's already got a little tab on it to keep it from turning. What are you doing, dunce? So long story short, I, I finally got I finally got my uh, my socket back. I got the, um, the control arm out, got the new one adjusted and put in just fine. And so I was, I was almost done at this point. I had three control arms done and I had one to go. So on to the fourth control arm I went. And started um, loosening everything up, and um, and it just wasn't. It was fighting me. It was fighting me bad. And I got. I mean, I got the the nuts off just fine, um, but I couldn't for the life of me get the bolts out. And so you know, I, I worked on the uh, worked on the the lower end of the upper control arm on the passenger side first. And I'm trying. You know, I'm I'm trying to hammer that thing out, and it just wouldn't come. Um, I'm trying as best I can, and it remi- remind it's got that that big metal flange on it again to keep it from turning. So I managed to get it about halfway out. And I think what happened was that in combination of the, these different control arm geometries that, that put the axle into a, a sort of a twisted state and it, and it put a lot of strain on that final control arms bolts Yep, yep. and it, it, it just, it, it wouldn't, it didn't want to let them go. And so for, I'm gonna say the better part of two hours. I was trying everything I could to get that damn bolt out. Well, you know what and you do. <clears throat> please enlighten me. You uh, you take the the cable from your winch that's on the front of your Jeep, and yeah, run it about. around and hook it up to the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to the to the axle. <laughs> well, see, I uh, I, I had tried uh, virtually everything I've got in my little bag of tricks um, as far as manipulating the axle. I mean, I had I had ratcheting straps on this thing. Yeah, was that was going that was gonna be the next thing down. is ratcheting straps. But it's kind of hard to go. It's easier to go back towards the 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 back, you know, because of the cross member uh, transmission yeah. cross member, than it is to go forward. So if you have to go forward, you really need something to pull forward, and and that means something attached to the concrete, uh, some bolt or something in the concrete, or you know, you could cheat like I did, which is run the winch cable down around the bumper and uh, to the. Uh, well, it just you have to be really careful hitting that button though, because it it'll it'll pull it fast. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I was left with with really two options when things were done. I, I moved on to the upper bolt and I tried and the same thing. I got it about halfway out and it was stuck, and and there was just there was no moving forward at this point. So I um I had two options. One, start over, which in my book at that time, and mind you, by now it was about eleven o'clock at night. And I had already spent entirely way too much time on everything. And I, uh, you know, I wasn't about to just go back to square one. So 
I, I did the only other thing that I had I had left to do that I thought would work, and that's I cut that damn control arm and clean in half. I got out my four inch cut uh, cut cutter wheel and I went to town on that thing, and in 30 seconds had it cut in half, pulled the bolts out, no problem, and put the new uh, control arm in within another half hour, 45 minutes of time. Yeah, I don't blame you. So it was a long. I finally finished up with the control arms about midnight, uh, 12:30. Uh, this morning, and um, I started in on the on the tie rod. Um, fought that for about another hour. Uh, I got the old one out, and this new one I was going to put in. Um, but it, no matter how much I tried to get it adjusted, I had about an inch and a half to two inches of toe in. And I was like, you know, I I couldn't for the life of me figure out what the hell was going on. Why why do I have all this toe in? You know, I'm looking at the um, at the at the track bar and everything. I've got about one inch of engagement on both tie rod ends of my track bar. I'm um, looking at the at the drag link, and you know, I've got about three quarters of an inch to an inch on the two piece drag link of thread engagement on both sides of the of the adjuster sleeve. And you know, everything is is almost maxed out. And if I uh, keep adjusting this tie rod, you know, to to get rid of all that toe in, the thing falls on the floor because it runs out of thread. So I, I tried everything, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, moving the, uh, uh, moving the, adjust, I take the, the drag link off of the pitman arm. I, I adjust that, you know, out as much as I can or in as much as I can accordingly. I'm trying every, I'm going both directions, the extreme in both directions, trying to find a happy medium here. And, you know, I'm doing all, I'm taking all my measurements with a tape measure, mind you. Um, I've, you know, I've got the axle centered in the vehicle and, and so everything is, is where it should be. You know, I just got to get these these wheels pointed in the right direction. So, I you know I'm trying everything I can as far as as combinations of this in and that out and this over here and and you know this in over here and that out over there. You know, I I couldn't get it. I, the closest I got was about an in, an inch and a half of toe in. And I was like, that well, I'm not really driving strange. down the road with an inch and a half yeah, of toe in. I wouldn't blame you there at all. And I, I didn't really want to um, to put back on the the zj the bent zj tie rod that i had <laughs> well there's there's an adjustment for you <laughs> yeah right so what i did what i ended up doing long story short is i i ended up um i had a i had a spare um as all good wheelers should have good wheelers should have they should have a spare of a couple components laying around so i i did have a decent donor um another Z, v8 zj tie rod that i had laying around um that I was going to use. Now, the only other option I had other than this was to wait until the next day. Mind you, this is, we're going on about one o'clock in the morning here, uh, Sunday morning here. And I, to wait until the next day, run down to the parts store the following day and, and, um, Sunday and grab some tie rod ends off of a, uh, TJ, or I'm sorry, off of a YJ because they, they've got about, you know, a six inch, uh, six inches of thread were these tie rods that I had on, on, and it was a rough country tie rod upgrade kit is what it was. I got it used off of another wheeler, um, another guy who owned an XJ that lives around me, and um, and it was in, in mint condition. I mean, it probably only had a couple hundred miles on it. Uh, and um, But the, the tie rod ends, they've only got about two and five-eighths, maybe two and seven-eighths of, of thread on them. And... You know, you want at least, at the very least, one inch of thread engagement into the tie rod of the tie rod ends before, you know, otherwise you, you create one hell of a weak point. So um, the the tie rod ends off of a YJ, they have about six inches or so of thread on them. And so that would give me a lot more adjustability. 
Well, the other thing I, I started realizing really quickly was that the tie rod ends on this particular tie rod were XJ tie rod ends. They weren't ZJ tie rod ends. And they were of the, the thinner caliber, we'll say. So, I mean, it's a difference between like inch and inch and a half, roughly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm throwing numbers out. I'm just pulling numbers out of the air. But there's a substantial difference between the tie rod ends of, of the stock Cherokee uh, setup and the, and the tie rod ends of a stock Grand Cherokee setup, especially the ones off the V8. They are substantially larger. It's one of the, the more common junkyard upgrades that, that Cherokee owners will do. And that's, um, that's you know, purchase the, the Grand Cherokee tie rod ends or the Grand Cherokee tie rod and swap that out. Well, I had one laying around. It was in good condition. So um, that's what I did. I, I threw it on instead of this other one. And lo and behold, it, um, it, everything worked out. I, I got it dialed in within uh, you know, a quarter inch of toe in. I took it out to a uh, a uh, a shop here today to to get aligned and and had a line. So I, the end of the story is uh, that I didn't end up getting to put on everything that I wanted to put on, but at least I'm driving down the road and everything's aligned and and it's still a better upgrade than than stock. Well, that is a harrowing story. <laughs> Let me just ask you real quick because I did miss the portion. Why wasn't it, uh, why weren't you able to get it uh, towed in? The the tie rod was this wrong? I, I don't know if it's the actual tie rod itself, um, because I, I looked at the numbers that are stamped on it. It is a Cherokee tie rod, and those numbers that were on the tie rod ends do correlate to a Cherokee tie rod, or a tie rod ends. What I think is the is the one factor that's, that's you know, putting a kink in the plan is that my drag link is off of a Grand Cherokee. Oh. Now, everything that everybody's told me and everything that I know is that the drag link, other than the tie rod end itself, is the same, is basically the exact same as what's on the Cherokees. So, but I think it's where, where on the drag link the tie rod end ties into it is different on the Grand Cherokee versus the Cherokee. I, that's the only thing I could think of. So with that, I um I've got this basically brand new Rough Country tie rod upgrade kit, which is which is fine. And actually, um, tell you the truth, I'm kind of glad that I I wasn't able to put it on because honestly, the the smaller tie rods are going to be a weak point, um, weak point in it. Um, they are quite a bit smaller than the Grand Cherokee tie rod ends. So I, honestly, I would rather have. And right now, I've got two other spare ends that I can put on this thing. So at least. You know, worst case scenario, if I ended up breaking a tie rod in, I've got spares. If I bend it, I can bend it back like I did last time. And, you know, maybe I can throw a high lift jack handle over it or something like that and and call it good and limp down off the trail. So at least I'm not without options. Um, but it, I, I chalk this up to a really good learning experience. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, that's about all you can do. Well, you know, if you were a success in getting it going, then that's the that's the main thing. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, sorry to swap out. Sorry to hear that you had all those problems, though. That can be uh, very, very frustrating, especially okay. whenever you're trying to get back to uh, the nice uh, fan and AC in your uh, in your back in your house. Of course, you're probably not concerned about AC this time of year where you are. Most certainly not. I was actually running a heater in the garage. <laughs> no, but at least I, at least I'm back on the road. I'm able to drive to work um, Monday morning, so you know I can't complain. And and honestly, right now, um, you know it it aligned out perfectly. 
Uh, I did take it to a shop. Um, I'm not sure if I really want to call out names, but the first shop that I took it to, although when I called in advance, they said, yes, bring it on down. I even um, asked specifically. I said, I've got a lifted Cherokee. The steering geometry and the suspension components are not stock on it. It has more adjustability than stock. I need to make sure that whoever the tech is on hand that is doing alignments understands this and knows what to do with it. Oh, yeah, we've got a master technician here. Uh, you know, should be fine. Bring it on down. So 45 minutes later, I'm, I'm in the, um, um, the first place's shop. And um, and this is a big chain store, mind you. This isn't a you know Johnny Come Lately mom pa shop here. This is a a big chain store with a reputable, very recognizable name nationwide. And I um, I uh, got get there, drive in. I walk into the shop and and I hear the guys talking. Oh, that big old lifted Cherokee out there, yada yada yada. And it's like, okay, great, you know. And I, they come into the into the waiting area. And, uh, and I was like, well, you know, kind of just started joking with the guys. Well, it's not that big, you know, what? it's only got 33 inch tires on it. Come on. And, um, they <laughs> not, proceed not a good to, sign. Yeah, they proceed to, to give me the bad news that, oh, we don't want to take your money. Um, we cannot and will not work on your, on your Cherokee. We, we, all we have to do, all we can do is align it to factory specs. And I was like, well, as you can see, and we're joking about it as you came in, this isn't a factory Cherokee here. You know, you can't go to factory specs. I was like, what you can do is you can adjust it to, you know, my specifications of an eighth inch of toe in and a five degree caster angle. And, you know, it's got everything else is adjustable on there. We can center it as, as best we need to as, uh, you know, the, uh, with the track bar, um, which should be already taken care of. All you got to do is make sure that both the wheels are pointed in the right direction and, and adjust my caster for me. Nope, can't do it. You know, as far as policy goes, we're, we can't, we're not allowed to do anything outside of uh, OEM spec. And I was like, all right, well, thanks a lot for wasting my time. So I ended up um, driving down, dri driving down the road to another shop, another chain store that has a very reputable name. And also the shop that I bought my, um, my first set of 31s from, uh, the back when I had the Duratrax. And uh, it's a very good shop. They've taken care of me in the past. I don't know why I didn't go there first. Uh, I guess it was because I had I had talked to another jeeper that I'm that I trust uh, explicitly, and he said, "Yeah, take it to this other shop. They do a lifetime um, lifetime alignment. So regardless of how much you beat it up on the trail, take it in a couple of few times a year. They have to align it for free." So I even I even bitched at those people, told them that you know I've got guys that I wheel with that have lifted Cherokees that take it to your shop that you've aligned and deal with on a regular basis. They wouldn't touch mine. Whatever. So down the road I am to this other place, and uh, of course they got me in. The guy down there was a master technician, um, had me up on the rack within five or ten minutes, um, and let me stand there. Even though I didn't ask, he actually insisted that I come into the shop with him and and tell him how we were going to do this, as far as what numbers were, you know, how we were supposed to dial everything in. And so as he were making the adjustments up on the scope, I was telling him, you know, back, let's go back another two degrees here. Let's put this in another, you know, a little bit there. And all things said and done, I walked out of there extremely happy um, with the vehicle aligned, not only properly, but the way that it should have been and the way that I wanted it. Yeah, well, that's what they, that's what they all should do. <clears throat> right, that's what they should do. <laughs> this other one, this first one, certainly didn't. And uh, and I I gotta say that, uh, or at least around here, I'm I, I'm not gonna bad mouth them on on you know on the podcast, but 
around here, I'm going to make sure that, that I won't be taking my business there. And anybody who I'm in contact with who's attempting to, I'll make sure that they go somewhere else. Yeah, I, uh, I had NTB uh, align mine, and that was kind of my, I mean, I think all he did was adjust the toe. Uh, and I don't know that, I don't know that he adjusted it that much. Uh, so there was no adjustment on the uh, uh, lower control arms, even though I asked about it. I said, so if, uh, if the, uh, I don't forget, what, what is it called? What is the tilt of the, the axle called? That's the caster. Okay. I said, do you guys adjust the caster? And Oh yeah, yeah. If it's necessary. So anyway, they they put it on the machine, and it was within uh, it was within spec. Luckily for them, <laughs> so um, I didn't have a uh, I didn't have a number in, in mind when I went there. I just kind of figured they knew more about it than I did. Wrong. That's just the thing. I mean, that's why I work on my stuff. I might as yeah. well just uh, I might as well just do the alignments myself too. Yeah, I had gotten it. He he's um. the the tech that I was dealing with. He said, you know, you you did this yourself, and I was just like, yeah. And he he showed me the screen and he's just like, you were within about a hundred thousandths of an inch of, of perfect toe in on this. And so my tape measure, um, my tape measure job in the garage here got me pretty damn close. And honestly, I probably could have driven, driven for weeks or months with it like that, but, um, it did slightly drift to the left. Uh, and that was because I wasn't dead nuts on, but right now it, it, you let go of the steering wheel and it's perfectly straight. I couldn't be happier. So next time, you gonna do it yourself, or you gonna have them do it again? Well, I tell you what. Um, I mean, the alignment that I that I bought, it was it was kind of spendy, but honestly, I got what I wanted, so I'm happy, and it's right, so I'm happy, um, and it's it's good for good for as long as I own the vehicle. So regardless of of what I swap out on this, um, I can take it back, and and they will get it dead nuts on every time. Um, as long as I bring it in and show the receipt. So I, you know, I'm, I'll have them do it because they've got all those infrared scopes and everything. I've got a list, a numbers list and, and I've done enough of my homework to where I know, you know, if I, let's say I go up, let's say I end up putting an eight inch long arm on this thing or something. Um, you know, I, I can, I know where to go now for the information to look up the necessary numbers to where I can walk in there and just be like, okay, this is where I was at at six inches, you know, or five and a half inches rather. Um, you know, this is where I need to be for six and a half, or this is where I need to be for eight inches or whatever. And, and can walk in there and, and tell them that, and this is a shop that obviously is willing to work with people, uh, that have numbers in mind that, you know, are obviously out of OEM spec. So, you know, I'll be able to walk in there with numbers and be like, you know, here, this is what we need to do and it'll get done. Well, I forgot you did say lifetime. So I guess it's worth it if, uh, if you trust what they're doing and, uh, it sounds like, you know, that they've, they've done it right for you. So I suppose so. It just, uh, I don't know. Uh, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way when people uh, are doing that stuff and they don't know. They're the experts and you're paying them and they still don't know what they're doing. So very, very strange. Very frustrating. Yeah. But at least, uh, at least now I've got a, I've got a vehicle that, that tracks straight. Um, and uh, the steering wheel straight, and uh, and I know that I'm covered if I you know bash it out of line. Uh, you know, I mean, I can adjust the the pitman or the um, the drag link myself to recenter a steering wheel if I if that ends up happening on the trail, uh, which it doesn't too often. But I mean, that's something that I can do. Uh, but if I come down off the mountain from a wheel out on the trails, and all of a sudden you know I let go of the steering wheel and I'm in the next lane, well, I know that I can take it to a shop and and get it done for free and at least back to where it needs to be. 
Providing I didn't break anything, of course. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, you can always replace the parts uh, and then take it back to them. And, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be checking to see if the uh, if the parts were the ones that they stamped or something whenever they uh, did the adjustment. I don't think they care, to be honest with you. No, no. And, and he said that. He's, he's like, you know, you know, you paid for the alignment. It doesn't matter what the components are. We understand that, you know, these kind of vehicles, things happen and, you know, parts get swapped out. Just bring it back. We'll take care of you. So that's good customer service to boot. Yeah, it is. And, you know, if it's a, a four-wheel drive, uh, certainly lifted with larger tires, you have to have some kind of inclination that it's going to be used for something other than uh, driving to the mall like uh, like Wayne does there in uh, yeah. Kiwiville. <laughs> mall crawling. Mall crawling. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we move on to our Amazon purchases? All right. Amazon.com and the XZ Talk Show present... You bought what? <laughs> so if you guys aren't aware, what we, uh, what we do basically is uh, anytime that you click on the Amazon.com banner on XJTalk.com, that purchase uh, that you make uh, after clicking uh, goes on a list. Uh, we don't see what you buy. We just, uh, I'm sorry, we don't see who buys it. We just see what you buy. So uh, we have a little thing here uh, that, that I think uh, I like. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, reading what people have bought on uh, Amazon.com. So, uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and start? Well, it definitely looks like um, that our listeners have have taken our advice and our and our pleas and have clicked that banner on the XJ Talk homepage and uh, been doing some shopping on Amazon because it looks like there's some Christmas presents here um, that that people. It definitely has a very Christmas wintry feel. Some of these items that that are on here. Um, and just going down the list, um, you know, I'm I'm a, an outdoorsman myself, an outdoors enthusiast, and and um, this is something that I probably would have ended up buying. Um, when this was a, a set of ride snowboards, men's men's finny snowboard pants. Uh, the finny kind of <laughs> the finny kind of <laughs> sounds a little, I don't know, a little funny. A little, the finny is funny, but uh, but black herringbone size large is uh, are those snowboarding pants. What were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find one that's uh, new to this list. And and I'll reiterate what uh, Josh just said. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Uh, I've seen about a uh, a 75% increase in purchases uh, through through clicking on our uh, Amazon.com banner ad. So thank you very much for those of you that uh, are purchasing uh, those items through Amazon and clicking on our banner first. So, uh, oh, here's, uh, here's something good. I like gun stuff. Uh, Hobbs Precision Lubricating Oil. And I, I hope that's all that you're, you're using that for is uh, for gun stuff. Right, em, cowboy. And, uh, oh, and a, a Glock bench mat, which I think that might have been one we, we, we read from the past. I just like saying Glock. Oh, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with Glock. I mean, those are those are some great guns. And a bench mat, well, that means somebody's doing uh, some some cleaning and some rebuilding and some uh, maybe some some modifications or something. They've got a they've got a little bench set up where they've uh, they like to to look at that big Glock logo or something like that. That's kind of cool. I got one of those, by the way. Bought that at a gun store. Needed something to to put my uh, put put my Glock down. Which I don't know if you're still watching, Josh, but uh, there's my uh, full size Glock. No, unfortunately, I had to uh, I had to log off the video feed. Um, otherwise, we all would have heard a nice commercial from an advertiser on the uh, on the uh, stream there. So I, I had to 
I, I had to save you guys. So I took one for the team and <laughs> I had to shut it off, but, but I'm still here in spirit and in audio. So, well, the nice thing is, is that, um, Ustream provides uh, all this stuff for free. So I guess I can't complain too much about the, the commercials they put on there. Anyway, what, no. what else you got, uh, from amazon.com, Josh? Well, looks like somebody, I mean, this is a, a hefty purchase because I know this is a brand spanking new. They just released this for the holiday season, if I'm not mistaken. And and this is this is some high-end stuff here, folks. So kudos. Thank you guys for for making these kind of purchases um, through the, the link on the XJ Talk site over at Amazon. This is a Kindle Fire high definition, the HD model, 7-inch Dolby Audio dual band Wi-Fi, 16 gigabytes, not the entry level. But this is the big fat daddy, uh, and includes special offers. So I mean that that, yeah, you <laughs> betcha. That is the big package right there. Somebody's gonna have a very merry Christmas, I think. Yeah, you do you think that's gonna sit under the tree, or do you think somebody's gonna be using that until uh, Christmas Eve? You know, if that was me, I, I would have. I'm afraid I would have to open that up just to make sure it still works. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing uh, what, what they think of the Kindle Fire. The Kindle Fire has not been getting good reviews uh, compared to some of the other things that are out there. Yeah, this is one they, they I think they, they, they heard the reviews. Um, they made some changes. They came out with a high-definition model. It's a oh, little bit bigger. Oh, okay, good. So, and that's what this is. This is the Kindle Fire HD. So this is, this is their new one. So this is and the replacement. That's good. I think so. I think so. So, and, and. You know, I don't. I, I personally haven't looked at the price point on those, um, but I can't imagine that being, you know, anything less than a, you know, two or three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's got to be. That's got to be. I mean, that's a good purchase. Yeah, I don't have that information, uh, but uh, it does show up the price uh, that they that they paid for it. I just uh, I don't have that information on this list. Well, you're seeing the list, so you know it's not there. Well, it looks like maybe the same person might have went above and beyond. Uh, it looks like there is um, there's some accessories that went along with this. There's an Amazon Kindle PowerFast for accelerated charging. Uh, this is something that's not normally included with um, with the device. Uh, so that's I mean that's that's cool. So I guess this is something that you can charge your Kindle with even faster. Yeah, it looks like there's a stylus there as well. So I wonder if that was the special offers. I guess we'll never know unless we go and look. <laughs> anyway, uh, there was a uh, another purchase here that I think is a new one: the UGG Australian Women's Bailey's Bailey Buttons Mini Boots, six inch. Well, it's maybe it's not inch; it's six. So that'd be size six. Size six. Black. Ride 'em, cowboy. So oh, yeah, say, say UGG Australia women's Bailey button mini boots 10 times fast. <laughs> oh man. You know, I guess that's they don't, are they, I guess they don't want to get confused with something else. Cause uh, that's a lot of words. That's almost as many, uh, many words as there are in my street address. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this list and, and everything else seems, um, well, let's know we got, uh, well, no, there is, there's one that there's something here called brave. And I don't know if that's a movie or, or what that is. Um, you know, but all it is is a single word that says brave. So, um, you know, hey, if it's a book, if it's a movie, either way, guys, thank you for the purchase. No, actually, that's uh, <laughs> that's where it wrapped. That's uh, Outlander 20th uh, Anniversary Edition, a novel brave. Oh, okay, okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Or it's something just didn't cut it, cut and pasted properly. 
behind the show scenes or behind the show uh, <laughs> tidbits. So anyway, guys, uh, like we were saying to start with, if you want to uh, help out uh, xjtalk.com, the XJ Talk show, uh, you can go to amazon.com. Uh, I actually go to our website, uh, xjtalk.com, and click on the banner ad for Amazon. And that will take you over to amazon.com. Then any purchase that you make, um, XJ Talk will get credit for that. And you will get a, a few cents, a few percent of the sale. And this is the cool part. It doesn't cost you anything more. You'll pay the same price that you were going to pay before. So this is a coming out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. All you have to do is remember to click on that banner. And of course, uh, Christmas time is coming up. And uh, if you can just remember to click on the banner, then uh, the rest of it is uh, easy peasy. Yeah, it's all automatic. All you got to do is click on that on that link. It's right there above the main picture on the, on the, the big picture on the main page of xjtalk.com. And after that, everything else is automatic. You just shop as you normally would. So, guys, uh, we have an interview tonight with, um, with Brian Myers, JCR Off-Road. It's a, a nice, good, long interview. Uh, very interesting. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're a uh, XJ-type person, then I'm sure you've been over to the JCR Off-Road website. I think you will find... Uh, everything that's in that interview, very interesting about JCR. And uh, also, too, they're a lot bigger than what I thought they were. Uh, nothing against them. Uh, I know that, uh, uh, for example, my good friend over at Detours USA uh, has a small shop and produces wonderful, wonderful stuff and a lot of stuff. So uh, I was surprised uh, to hear uh, how many people were working at uh, JCR Off-Road. So it's a big-time deal. And uh, certainly they make some uh, very fine things. And you'll find more about, out about that here in uh, just a few minutes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of JCR. I, I frequently, probably too frequently, <laughs> are doing window shopping on JCR's website, which uh, took a little bit of a transformation here between uh, – uh, I think it was right after the holidays last year, maybe maybe early spring, late winter last year. Their website took a transformation for the better. Obviously, they're doing uh, they're doing they must be doing pretty well for themselves. So, uh, big kudos to JCR and 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 thanks for them uh, for for doing the interview. Yep, they are doing very well. Uh, come to uh, as you'll come to find out uh, here in the interview. So, Josh, anything else on your plate? No, I well, not really. I mean, I've got a. Uh, um, Actually, there is. I'm sorry, there is. I, I do have. I do have an announcement. I, I think it was um, last uh, last week. We. Uh, I sort of, or maybe it was the the week before. I said that it's not official yet, but it's looking like I will become the um, the next president of the Northwest chapter of uh, NAXJA or the North American XJ Association. Yeah, you and, you have mentioned that, and I'm getting tired of hearing it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I am. It, it is official. So. Uh, oh, it's so, official. Well, good. Yeah. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. I actually had a, a board of directors meeting um, a couple nights ago. It was a sort of a, a passing of the torch uh, between the former president, vice president, and treasurer, and myself and uh, the new vice president and treasurer. So um, it was a very productive meeting, and I'm very much looking forward to 2013 and working with Naxia. And with that, um, we actually have a Toys for Tots run that is coming up that we're combining with a Christmas tree run on uh, December 8th. Uh, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun, and, and it's um, it's going towards a good cause. Well, I tell you what, with uh, my concerns for my my personal uh, situation and uh, my family's situation as far as presents and stuff go, 
at Christmas time, I've been uh, I've been thinking about how nice it would be it would feel to uh, help out some folks that uh, are in much worse uh, situations than I am in. Uh, so uh, we may be working towards that uh, with XJ Talk as well. It's just something I've never done, uh, been a part of. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what uh, what comes. But I was thinking about that today that it might be uh, might be good to to re- remove some of the stress levels that I've been going through recently for other people. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I've always been the, you know, cut from the kind of cloth where, you know, I like, I like helping people. Um, I'm not a man of many means, so to speak. I'm a jack of all trades. I've got that going for me. Um, you know, I, I don't make a substantial living, so I can't be, I'm not out there being a philanthropist by any stretch of the imagination, but I, you know, I can't afford to help people here and there. Uh, Obviously with, you know, my, my, my mechanical aptitude, I can help you with your build. I've got, you know, electrical uh, know-how, uh, you know, I've got that going for me. Um, but, you know, this this last couple few months um, ha- has been pretty good for me. Uh, and so I'm able to to sort of, um, you know, be a little bit more generous this holiday season. And I and I absolutely am going to take the take advantage of the situation and and uh, and give back to the community as it were. So I'm looking forward to this, uh, this Toys for Tots run coming up. And of course, 2013 in my presidency, um, I'm definitely going to be you, you know, using the Northwest chapter of Naxja uh, to get out there a little bit more and and uh, help out those who are less fortunate. Well, don't get impeached because I don't want that kind of uh, tarnishment oh, no, to no, come. I'm up. not going to be doing anything, uh, you know, that I shouldn't. <laughs> I'm just going to say um, that uh, Naxja, at least the Northwest chapter of Naxja, is is going to be a little bit more involved in the community this year. Good. Well, hopefully, uh, you'll get lots of people from uh, from that chapter uh, involved. And somebody was asking earlier on the chat room uh, what part of the country uh, that uh, alignment shop was in. Josh is in the Northwest. Yeah, I actually, I will go ahead and give kudos to the shop that took care of me. I'm not going to talk bad about the shop, at least here on the podcast, um, that that didn't take care of me. But um, I ended up going to a Goodyear Tire Center, um, which is the the shop that did the alignment for me. So um, big, big Big props to the um, to the guys there. Um, guy's name was uh, was Jim JP. I think is what he went by. That was the master tech there, and uh, and the managers at that shop definitely definitely do some great customer service. Excellent. So if you got a good year tire center in your neighborhood, go check them out. And uh, I was hoping you were going to say Firestone. I've had like uh, over a period of uh, twenty years, I've had uh, two problems with Firestone and. Uh, you said Goodyear and Firestone popped into my mind, and then I realized, well, that's not what you're saying. So, uh, not that there's not good Firestone uh, shops out there. It's just I have not experienced it. Um, they did alignment on a uh, on my first vehicle that I ever owned, and uh, I went home and fixed it. <laughs> it was missing shims. Oh boy. Yeah, and uh, then the next time I went was, uh, gosh, like I said, 20 years later. And uh, they went to put my uh, my wife's uh, 95 Ford Aerostar up on the lift, and they they bent it. Um, they bent on the yeah the bottom because the the guy putting the putting putting it on the lift did not know what he was doing, and worse did not stop long enough to go ask somebody. Just did it wrong. It wasn't a really bad bend. It was you know underneath, but it pissed me off. That's why I like to stand there and watch. I'm sure that's the reason why they don't like people stand there and watching. So anyway, uh, I thought I would uh, jump in here and uh, just rattle off some xjtalk.com stats. If you're a member of xjtalk.com and you get the uh, 
the bi-monthly newsletter, then you, you see these stats at the top. You may not read them. Uh, that's cool. You may not read the whole thing, and that's cool too. <laughs> but uh, as long as you come to the site. Anyway, um, so this is uh, some stats that we had just between uh, November 15th and uh, yesterday, December 1st. During that period of time, we've had uh, 75 new members. So that's 75 people that have taken the time to come to the site and fill out the question and go through that crap where you got to put in the letters and the numbers to prove that you're a real person and not a machine. I hate that, but uh, we would have so many spammers on the site if we didn't have that. So thank you very much to those uh, those 75 folks that came in and went through all that crap to, to be new members. Uh, we've had 168 new threads, which would basically be uh, people starting... Um, uh, brand new posts, something that's new to the site. And uh, we've had a total of 1,557 new posts. So uh, answers to, or, or comments and questions or whatever, to the threads that were uh, already there. So a lot of activity going on in xjtalk.com, and uh, we certainly hope you're a part of it. Yeah, that's a lot of good activity. That's, that's great. Good stats, Tony. It amazes me. It just amazes me, and uh, but perhaps that's just me. I mean, uh, if you um, look at the the stats over at NAXJA, uh, this is nothing. But uh, that's not my site. <laughs> no, you're you're doing quite well. I mean, you started this thing with nothing. I mean, this was a a, a lowly little you know URL in the in the big wide world web, and and I mean now look at you. I mean, in two weeks, seventy five new members. And I mean, I, I don't have in front of me a, a, a spreadsheet as far as, you know, what you are year to date or, or how much, you know, that's an improvement or, or what that's like in relation to the last two weeks or the two weeks before that even. Um, but I mean, 75 new members in two weeks, that's, that's nothing. I mean, that's, Oh, I'm, I think it's wonderful. And I don't know if you saw pre-runner uh, 1982's uh, post, he's actually been graphing those things, uh, graphing how the, uh, um, the, that he was actually graphing the the n- number of members that we were having and uh, watching trends and stuff. So it's been really cool. Yeah, I'll see if we can uh, get him to make a visual of that. Maybe uh, oh, put, it, uh, put up a bar graph or something. That no, we can that's, show that's exactly you know. it. So you're not reading the post, man. It's up on xjtalk.com. He actually has graphs that he's oh, posted. Wow. Yeah. I got I to gotta find it then. Well, I, I'm so, sorry there's a lot. Your... There's a lot of posts on there. And uh, if you don't keep up with it, I love this too. This is wonderful. If you don't keep up with it, pretty soon there's three pages of posts that you need to read. Yeah, I know. I play catch up every Monday. <laughs> well, guys, uh, so uh, that's part. Uh, I mean, this is the uh, the, the live show part, and uh, we're going to move over to uh, the rest of the podcast, which is uh, uh, the pre-recorded stuff that we're going to mix in and mix together. So uh, I want to thank all you guys for uh, coming in and joining us. I think we had um, – where is that? It tells me somewhere – we had 64 people watching the show tonight. Wow. That's a huge jump from last week. Hey, thanks, guys, for spreading the word. Keep it up. Yep, and uh, I think we've got six on right now. It's a six slash 64, and I think that, that means we had a, uh, a total of 64, yep, total views. So uh, six current, 64 total views. So I think that does mean that we had, uh, and somebody just dropped off. Come back. We're still talking. Oh. That pisses me off. <laughs> For nearly a decade, Jeep Tubes has been providing the do-it-yourselfer the largest selection of builder parts and pre-bent tubing solutions for any project. 
With the highest level of customer support and a 100% customer satisfaction rating, people from around the world have been turning to Jeep Tubes for their builds. From Cherokees to CJs and virtually every model of Wrangler, Jeep Tubes has bumpers to battery boxes, armor, fenders, and even cage kits, aft doors, rock sliders, and the best tire carrier spindles on the market. For the mild or extreme off-road enthusiast, let Jeep Tubes help you bring your ride to the next level. Call the owner directly, 971-678-2585 or visit jeeptubes.com. This is Brandy Chair from Every Inch Counts and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Alright guys, listen up. If you're doing any shopping online this year, you're doing any of your holiday shopping online, tell you what. Any of your online purchases from this point forward need to be going to Amazon.com. But before you go anywhere, make sure you're stopping off at XJTalk.com. We got a banner right there in the middle of the homepage, right above the big picture. You click on that, it takes you straight to Amazon.com, where any of the purchases you make, from Barbie dolls to Jeep parts, it doesn't matter at all. A little bit of each purchase is going to go to help out the XJ Talk Show and XJTalk.com. It's not going to cost you a dime more, not a penny. But you're helping out your favorite website and your favorite podcast, and this will help get you on Santa's nice list. So remember, go to xjtalk.com before you buy anything online. Do it through Amazon.com and help us out. You don't have to be a member. It doesn't cost you a thing, and anybody can do it. So make sure you spread the word. Thanks again, and happy shopping. Tonight we have Brian Myers of JCR Off-Road. I think everybody has, uh, at least everybody that has a Jeep Cherokee has been to JCR Off-Road uh, looking at uh, some just really beautiful bumpers and uh, uh, to me looks like very well-made uh, items. In fact, uh, I was looking at those bumpers uh, long and hard before I uh, went with uh, the custom bumper. In fact, if it if I hadn't got the custom uh, winch bumper, I, I would have gone with JCR Off-Road. Anyway, Brian, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, as I like to always uh, start off with, a little bit about the person that I am interviewing and uh, what's your, you know, who are you and what's your connection with JCR Off-Road? Yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, my name is Brian Myers, and um, I am one of the owners of JCR Off-Road. I'm actually the founding owner. Um, I started the company in March of 2003, so we're actually getting ready to hit our 10-year anniversary in this coming March. Um, we currently have two owners, myself and another. the other owner, his name is Daryl. Great. Well, that's a, that's, you've been in business quite a while, so uh, uh, you were telling me before we hit the old record button about the number of employees that you have, so uh, why don't you share with us? Uh, I mean, I, I was pretty impressed that you guys are as big as you are. Yeah, um, we currently have seven employees total, including Daryl and myself. Um, we This year has been a huge year for us. Um, we started the year with um, four full-time employees, so we've actually added three employees this year alone. That's amazing, especially in the, the way the economy is. I'm glad to hear that the, somebody in small business is doing so well. Yeah, not only that, but in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, if you were in Houston, the the unemployment's lower here. You probably would have had a a much easier time finding people. But uh, I bet you there was plenty of people uh, up there looking for work. Oh yeah, absolutely. We don't we don't ever have a hard time um, finding good good employees. And in fact, you know, we have so many friends and networks, and it's usually often that we have an abundance of of help that's usually well qualified. How many people uh, actually show up willing to work for Jeep parts? 
we don't ever really entertain that idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I could see somebody hanging out the door. Hey, man, I'll, can I clean? Yeah, can I dump something for you? For I'll, I'll just do a bumper, man. <laughs> we used to have that. We we get we'll get emails for bartering stuff. You know, hey, I have this decal company, and I'll trade you guys decals for this or that, and um, we get that a lot. But it, it's been a long time since we've traded work for work for product. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys have some beautiful bumpers. I looked at, uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was, I think it's the pre-runner bumper. Uh, I think that's what it's called, uh, that I looked at for a real long time. It was around uh, 400 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. We um, we redesigned everything last fall. Um, we have a very good designer. His name is Mike, and he's also like our, our, like our shop foreman, so to speak. Um, but, man, he has a great eye for design, and um, we kind of let him loose last October and uh, we were redesigning we were de- designing products for the new JK and the product was coming out so nice that we were like let's just redo everything so we came out with our whole new like Crusader series which is all formed steel basically and uh, yeah I mean I, in, my, in my opinion we have some of the nicest stuff out there yep I, I mean a lot of people will, will criticize I know they've criticized me for my uh, my pretty Jeep but uh, I've always felt that you could have both form and functionality, and, and that's the way I've tried to build mine. So uh, the aesthetics of the bumper, I mean, you know, for the cost, I mean, I know that they are cost effective for the, the amount of metal and work that goes into them. But if I'm going to spend somewhere between five and a, a $500 and $1,000 for, for a bumper, I'd kind of like for it to look good, too. And, and that's one of the things that always impressed me about uh, Y'all's bumpers. And I, I, I'll have to admit, I haven't been to the site here in uh, probably a couple of months, so I need to go over there and have a look and uh, see what the uh, all the redesign's about. Yeah, we, we pretty much, I mean, I mean, our, I think our greatest achievement was our rear tire carry bumper for the Cherokee. It's probably my personal favorite product we make because that thing, like, it does not look like a Cherokee anymore. I mean, it forms the Jeep so well. And then it has the Rotopack cans, which is like a, kind of a modern touch. Uh, new product and it's adjustable up and down. Like we, we're so far beyond where we came from that, you know, it's, it's exciting, you know, and we used to make stuff with box tube and, you know, just like everyone else does. And now we make something that, you know, it's exclusive, you know, it's not easy to copy. So yeah, how is the, well, that's all part of it, isn't it? It's a learning experience. And, and, and I guess uh, some people can be stagnant in their uh, learning and uh, experimentation it sounds like you guys uh, are going a different direction. I would think that keeps it keeps it uh, interesting, and uh, you may even have some repeat business. I bet you there's some guys out there that are kind of pissed off because they had a nice bumper, and then you came out with a better one, so they had to have it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people that have actually replaced their old JCR product with new product, and, uh, and, and that's just kind of how stuff evolves, though. I mean, it always is that way. There's always something. It's like a TV. You buy a TV now, it's $1,000, and then in three months you could buy it for 250 bucks yeah um it's well, just the evolution of product well of course i'm joking when i say pissed off because it's a it's a good kind of pissed it's like uh <laughs> you know like dang it i thought i had that taken care of <laughs> yeah now <laughs> oh my god now i gotta have this uh yeah yeah i mean we do we all have hobbies and you know it does it to us every hobby will take every dollar you have <laughs> that's very true now um maybe getting a little bit ahead of myself here but uh, you guys recently came out with a uh, an MJ bumper, which I was really surprised about because they haven't made MJs in god awful long time. I mean, uh, you know, two thousand one for the XJ, but the 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 uh, the MJ. My goodness, uh, how did you guys come up with that? 
Well, we, oh man, probably about three years ago, we, maybe it might have been four years ago, we made MJ product. We made sliders and bumpers. And it didn't go well. I mean, we put a lot of time in the, into the product and it just did not sell. And I mean by did not sell, I mean like we sold less than a dozen bumpers in like 18 months. Wow. And we sold like five sets of sliders total, like through the entire 18 months. So we did get to the point where, you know, we were expanding and we needed, we couldn't, we couldn't put any more time into it. So we just kind of axed the product line. Sure. And I hate doing that because there's always, as soon as you do it, you get 600 emails. Hey, I would buy it if you had it. Oh, of course. And, but you know, and I don't ever like to give up on stuff like that. So um, when we started doing our redesign and we started making these DIY bumpers for Cherokees, um, it's kind of a cost thing. And it's actually a really cool product and it, and it gives, you know, somebody doesn't necessarily have the abundance of funds, the ability to have a, a nice bumper. So we thought, you know what, let's give the MJ one a run and see how many we can sell. Yep. Uh, and it's, uh, it's really cool too, because, uh, it, like, like he was just saying, it's a, a do it yourself. So it's all cut out and ready to be welded. It's just not put together. So it's yeah. a, it's kind of, yeah, it's a kit it, really. Yeah. It has slots. Like the main pizzas have slots in them. So you basically just bend it over and then weld it. And I mean, it's simple we literally on, um, we literally had a 11 year old girl recently do a DIY bumper on her own. I mean, it, it, I don't want to. I don't want to negate her ability, but I'm saying that if an 11 year old kid can figure it out, that a grown man should be able to. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I, no, I think that's a a, a great indicator, and uh, perhaps uh, uh, bad for any grown man that can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that MJ bumper is kind of one of those things that has always been like a sticker in my chair because I know we gave up on it and I didn't want to give up on it. So now that we came out with this DIY, we thought this is kind of the best of both worlds. It gives them a cheap option for a professional bumper and we don't have to put a lot of time into the product. Right. And, uh, so you guys, uh, cut all this stuff yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. We do everything in house. Well, I shouldn't say everything. Our, you can't control other vendors and that's the hardest part to do business. And that's why lead times get really bad for companies. Sure. They're always waiting on somebody else. So we do everything in house. And if we can't do it in house, we are like, we figured out a way to do it. Currently, we can't make our shackle tabs, our weld-on tabs. We don't make those in-house right now because we don't have the cutting capacity. We actually have them laser cut because um, we've gone through 1,500 tabs in six months. Oh, my God. So we just can't make them in-house. So um, that's one of the things. Is But we're looking at – we Daryl and I went to Fabtech last week in Las Vegas because we're in the market to buy a high-definition plasma table that has the capacity to do it because – we hate, hate, hate outsourcing work because we can't control it. We can't control it. Yeah. You're at the mercy of somebody else at that point. Yeah. And, I mean, even the last batch of deering tabs, they, they were two days late and we had to drive down and get them ourselves because we just couldn't wait any longer. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, I mean, I've, I'm not in the business of doing things like that, but I can, uh, I can see how that would be very frustrating, especially if you have employees standing around waiting for, for product to come in. Yeah, and then when you you know you still have to answer the phone, and everybody still wants to know where their stuff's at, and the last thing they want to hear is an excuse. And even if it's not, I mean, even if it's a valid excuse, I just don't have this. No, it's not. It's not valid. Yeah, no, you never want to tell a customer that you've made a bad decision by going with a vendor because it's not their yeah. not their responsibility. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and lead times have always been a, lead times are like the killer in this in this industry. 
when you start having long lead times, you really test the patience of customers. And that's something that we've done our best to get away from by trying to put product on the shelf. But as a small business, it's hard to do that. Yep. Now, that was the other thing I was going to ask, and uh, you may have just answered that. What are the lead times? I mean, I'm assuming that you may have a couple of bumpers ready, or, or, or do you wait for the orders to come in before you start putting them together? Um, well, at this present moment, we just did our humongous Black Friday, Black November-type sale that we do every year. And, I mean, um, we had something like 500 items ordered from the 1st of November until fun, last Sunday. So... Right now, we're a little further out, but we've been pretty much at about a week. So if you order it, it's shipping within a week, within like five days. And uh, uh, we've been, um, all summer long, we've been actually putting stock on the shelf so that, you know, if somebody orders this winch bumper, we just pull it off and put whatever tool work on it, and then out the door it goes. So, you know, there's like a one- or two-day handling time. Um, you know, best-case scenario, if it's something that doesn't have to have anything done to it, it's just done, done, it it often go out same day. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, I know that's one thing everybody, uh, whenever they finally decide to drop the, drop the hammer on, uh, uh, getting the goodies for their Jeep. That's the hardest part is waiting for it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I know yeah, that. that. That's one of the hardest, I mean, that's absolutely the hardest thing to do to, to manage in, in this industry is the lead times because it, it's frankly, you can get, it's feature famine in a, in a small business, so you can get flooded with orders one day, and the next day you have nothing to do. Yeah, I can I can see that, especially around this time of year, but it sounds like you guys are doing well. Now, uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I see that you guys uh, have, uh, uh, you carry product for the Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee, the Liberty, uh, CJ, and Wrangler, and uh, I, was mm-hmm. just, I was just curious, where are you seeing the majority of your products? Is it, uh, well, I don't imagine it's evenly spaced, but I was... I'm kind of wondering how the uh, the Cherokee is, uh, how the orders for the Cherokee are is measuring up with the uh, the other items. Um, well, the Cherokee has kind of always been uh, our bread and butter. Um, that was the niche market that we were able to get in at. We, I, I, kind of right time, right place, right. You know, it just worked out. You know, I, people were looking for product at that point when I jumped in the game, and and we've always been one of the top names for it. So um, the Cherokee stuff in the last year has changed a lot because we started releasing all those products for this JK, and since the JKs are now five years old, they're starting to be used models out there. So where we used to be like 75% of our business was Cherokee, it's probably more on the lines of about 40% Cherokee and 60% uh, JK product at this point. Oh, that's interesting. So the the JKs are really making... uh... Uh, a big uh, push. I guess what you say is is the main reason, since they're they're getting older and people don't feel uh, as bad uh, uh, taking their forty thousand other vehicles off road. Yeah, and they're not necessarily paying for you. I mean, we bought a used two thousand eight Rubicon recently for uh, JTR shop rig, and it's a you know two door Rubicon. It was lifted and everything, and you know, and we paid you know twenty thousand dollars for it. So I mean, you can get them in in the normal person's price range that's willing to play with them. Yeah, but my Cherokee, brand new from the showroom floor, was twenty four thousand. Yeah, the the um, the other owner, Daryl, he had when he was a kid. Well, when we were younger, he had a Renegade, and we always laughed about how much that thing was brand new. It was like twenty six thousand dollars in nineteen ninety three. Oh wow! Yeah, mine's not, <laughs> mine wasn't. I always felt bad about that twenty four k, but of course the Grands were thirty six, and there was no way I was going to have that yuppie vehicle. 
uh, yeah. in, in, in comparison to the, I mean, I went there for a TJ and, uh, wound up getting the, uh, the, uh, XJ because of uh, our two small daughters. Of course we have that mm-hmm. TJ now. So, uh, in fact, I'm going to have to, uh, have a look at your, uh, your TJ, your Wrangler bumpers, uh, and see if I can find something, uh, cause I've been wanting to, uh, I've been slowly, I put the, the four inch lift on the TJ. The TJ is my wife's vehicle. And I've uh, I've got the uh, the four inch lift on there, but I want some uh, recovery points on it. Even though she's never going to take it off road, something will happen where I need to go get her and winch her out, out or off of something, and there'll be nothing to attach to except suspension. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if nothing else, it's going to look it's going to look capable. Yeah, but you know, for, for me personally, I think uh, uh, I mean I like our Cherokee line a lot. Um, some of the sales that have kind of hung off on those has been. I mean, we kind of jumped on the other side of the middle line of as far as pricing goes. We're on the higher end of pricing with our new design, and that's kind of that was kind of a, a compromise for the design and the time in, invested in the product design. Um, we were talking about possibly doing some price reductions on our Cherokee product um, to get it back to where we feel like um, you know, because our, our number one goal with JCR has always been to be the four wheeling guy's friend, you know. I mean, we're here to make a buck too, but at the same time, we want to leave money in your pocket so you can play with it. You know, we want you to be able to four wheel. So, you know, we, we kind of looked at because you know we've done times where you know steel increase goes up, fuel costs, surcharges pile on. You know, the cost of new equipment, blah 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 blah. You know, we have seven employees now, so yeah, everything just keeps adding on and adding on. So when we do these just blank across the board price jumps that we have to do for a lot of these, you know, increases that we see. You know, it kind of pushed some of our products beyond where we, we wanted it. So we were actually going to go back and manually do some price corrections on, on a lot of our Cherokee stuff. Well, I bet you uh, uh, you weren't real happy with the uh, the shipping increases because of the gas prices that went up uh, a few years back. Oh, shipping is a nightmare for us. <laughs> we have uh, we have UPS, and we ship a ton of product with UPS. And they don't care. They, they don't care. They, we, we ship oversized products. And they, if we ship them overnight, maybe they would care. But I mean, you'd be astonished at how much money we spend a year and have no merit to that whatsoever. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're just like, eh. that's amazing. One of the things, yeah, we have um, we have variances for our packages because technically our packages are a lot of our packages, especially like pre-runner bumpers and stinger bumpers, they fall outside of their size thing. So then we get struck with these oversized two charges. So basically, if the bumper costs Fifty-eight dollars to ship from here to California. They'll tack a hundred dollars on the top of it. So that bumper would cost us one hundred and fifty-eight dollars to ship across the country because of the oversized two. So we've actually worked some some measurement. So they actually give us a little bit of a leeway on some of our products, so it doesn't get flagged for that. But we still have audits where the uh, local reps will come out and they'll measure all of our products to make sure that we're. And they do it like every six months. It's absurd. You know, I would think with the amount of money that you guys are, are, are pumping into their coffers that they give you more of a break. I mean, sending somebody out. I, although I guess they got employees like you do and they're going to send them out there to do something. I mean, they're either that or they're on the Internet uh, at work. So I guess it's good for them to come out and measure something. Yeah, and it, I think it's what the other thing is, is I think the um, local rep is a beginner position. So it's always getting, the people are always getting promoted and there's a new one. And it just happens to be out every six months. And then we got to deal with a new guy and explain to him everything over and over again. It's, it is it. UPS is not fun to deal with. Well, you know, and we've, 
we've tried FedEx. We've tried everybody else. We tried DHL. We tried Greyhound. Greyhound actually lost a roof rack one time, <laughs> and we paid for insurance on it. And they basically were like, nope, you didn't ship it. And we're like, here's it. We like faxed them the paper with the signature of their employee everything, and they're like, nothing. We just had to eat the loss on it. Wow. I would have raised hell about that. We lost. I mean, we tried. What can you do? I mean, you can only chase stuff for so long before, you know, we're wasting employees too much of an employee's time. And uh, DHL was bad. DHL would lose packages like crazy. And uh, FedEx won't even call that, surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that, that reminds me of something. You guys used to sell a really cool roof rack. And uh, yeah. you stopped selling it. What happened? The shipping costs. Everybody complained about shipping. And when, when, we, when we ship our products, we make, we have a very small margin. So, you know, when this bumper costs, we basically pay about a dollar a pound to ship product. And we, ship, we do like a flat rate. So it's $50 to ship it, whether we're shipping it in Michigan or we're shipping in California. It doesn't actually cost us, it costs us like, it may cost us $35 to ship it in Michigan, but it's going to cost us $75 to send it across the country. So we've kind of like mediated the shipping costs so mm-hmm. that it's kind of a shared load thing. Right. Um, but with the roof rack, it's an oversized two item. Gotcha. So it was $100 plus whatever they would charge you. So we were paying, uh, I think at the time, you know, the roof rack was like $199. Great deal. However, as soon as you had shipping on, which was like $150, which is what we got charged for shipping, then it was like, whoa, whoa, this isn't a good deal. You and know, it just, we wanted to come up with something that we could make more modular. And that's one of those things that's on our, uh, on our whiteboard at work that we just hadn't had time to get to. Well, that was going to be my next question. Since you do the, the do it yourself thing with the, uh, the MJ bumper, I was wondering if maybe you guys were considering bringing, uh, the roof rack or a roof back, uh, roof rack back for the, uh, the Cherokee, uh, in, uh, in a kit form. Yeah, Mike made a design for this, this what we call the Crusader Refract, which was like basically made from flat steel and formed. And we made the first, it was supposed to be like two, two sections, like a front and a back. And we were going to make it so you could like make add-ons and stuff. And we made that first front half and we made it out of eight-inch steel. And we put a floor in it and that thing weighed so much. It wow. was absurd. And then we're like, hmm. So we, we had to, I mean, we just couldn't waste any more time at that point with it because we need to figure out on, um, Maybe doing a lot of aluminum, you know, we need to figure out how, because it was just way too much weight. And I'm talking like probably like 75 pounds for the front half the rack. My goodness. But you know what? Everyone loves the concept drawing and, and it's a great design. Mike did a great job with it, but it just, it's kind of one of those things that's kind of in our back pocket that we're just trying to have time to do. And like, um, at some point I know that Mike really wants to produce that rack or produce a rack. So at some point we have to, look at it again okay. and you know that it'll probably be i don't know i don't want to give it a date but i would say that that you know that if i did like a list of cherokee products is pretty slim as far as like expanding at this point ideas um which we're always open to ideas so if people have ideas post them on our facebook wall or send us an email so we're always willing to entertain ideas for product um but the other idea that's kind of in our back pocket is an oem style front bumper so like a heavy duty version that looks more stock. Yeah, and I've often I was kind of kicking uh, kicking around the idea of building my own because none of them seem to go directly to the roof. They all go to the the roof rack or the rain gutter, and mm-hmm. I, I thought it would be really cool to be able to take the the factory 
uh, roof rack off of there and the rails and then put my own or it doesn't initially have to be mine. I could buy it from somebody, certainly if it was a nice design, uh, and bolt and bolt it straight to the to the roof. So it has a, a truly customized look about it, not an add on look. Anyway, that's yeah. that's just kind of my <laughs> my things that I've been r- running around in my head. We put, we messed with one. We mounted a rack on a roof like that once, and uh, we actually saw we we were at uh, Flat Nasty Off Road Park, and we saw somebody that had a turkey with the rack mounted like that, and they caught it on a tree, and it pretty much can't open the roof. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're like, eh, I don't think we should do that. Well, there you go. Now, see, you're screwing up my idea. <laughs> You're going to bring facts and logic into the discussion. Yeah, and the other problem is is that uh, in a lot of the older ones, 87, 87, um, 96 and down, essentially, it's so sporadic of what stuff is on them. Um, 96 model, especially. 96 model is a nightmare. Yeah, the mixture. The mixed year. Yeah. and um, But anyways, the, the roof rack, some of the Jeeps don't even have those mounts in the roof. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. The 97 and up is pretty much the same, but... When we get, speaking of 96, when we have installation problems, the first question we ask is, <laughs> is it a 96? It's a 96. <laughs> and they're always like, yes. And we're like, well. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it a 96 and what month was it made? <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we have tying brackets, front tying brackets that fit everything. And we never have problems with them. And then randomly we'll get a phone call. Not the holes line up. Is it a 96? Yes. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to open some of the holes up a little bit. That's amazing. It's just weird. It's, yeah, it's it is. bizarre. You would think that it's going to be identical. I mean, I, I know there's somebody out there that worked the line that could explain to you exactly why it is that way, but you would think from from all those years of making the exact same body, you know, that there, you wouldn't expect it to be that different. Well, I guess in 97, you would expect uh, the biggest difference, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, well, I, you know, I think the most interesting thing that I found out was that uh, the, the XJ is about 40% of your business. Have you seen a decrease over uh, a rapid decrease on, on that, or has it been holding pretty no. steady? It's been holding pretty steady. It, the, its share in our company hasn't really changed. It's just that the JK stuff has become so much more. Um, we've grown from last year to this year in sales, we've gone up 60%. And it's mainly tied to that new JK product line, as well as some of our new product. Like um, for the Cherokee, we made those ultimate sliders that mount to the actual body instead of like mounting underneath like traditional box tube sliders. Right. So those have been a big seller. Um, but most of the new JK product line, it's just a, a hot market right now. And um, But the, you know, the Cherokee market hasn't died off, and, and I don't think it's going to die off for a little while yet. Good. Well, as a uh, as a website uh, runner for <laughs> the the Cherokee and all the the listeners that have Cherokees, we we none of us want the the Cherokees to die out. Uh, although yeah. you know year after year, and you know it's been eleven twelve years now, so it's amazing yeah, it's, it's, it's doing as well as it is. They were like two years ago. We saw a huge spike in Cherokee, and and you know, mostly because they're just becoming affordable wheelers. Um, and they made like 3.7 million of them. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> so they're everywhere. Yep, there are. And you know, it's amazing. I don't see as many of them uh, here in the Houston area as what I used to. Now, a while back, uh, and this is probably a couple of years ago, whenever you guys were uh, vendors on uh, uh, XJ Talk, you guys put up a, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's basically the rear quarter panel armor. 
and and there was several different ones. I don't know if you guys still uh, still have the the same design because I haven't seen the recent designs. But uh, they were, there were several uh, designs. There was ones with uh, uh, that would stick out past the uh, the tail lights a little bit. There was some that would uh, incorporate a, a box for LEDs, uh, LED tail lights. And yep. uh, I asked a question of whoever it was that was uh, coming online as uh, on xjtalk.com as uh, JCR Off Road. I said, "What about diamond plate?" And I got a, a I don't want to say an abrupt, but basically a like a no or a no way <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> See, I have this diamond plate theme going on on my on my Cherokee, and uh, the rear quarter panel thing would be really cool, but it can easily be diamond plate. So, so what's up with the diamond plate? Why are you guys not, uh, not wanting to uh, in, embrace the diamond plate? Well, the, the 1990s called them. They want the diamond plate back. Not, I'm just playing. I, I mean, everyone has different preferences. Um, for us though, it, it's kind of a, an aesthetic, an aesthetic design issue. Um, Mike especially is, is very modern in his design and he doesn't like to compromise. So we don't like to challenge him because we, we want him to do, the best work you can, and he has a good eye. But mostly, um, the issue that we run into with diamond plate, especially if the product is bent, um, in our press, in our brake press, um, essentially the diamond plate, the diamond tread is going to be facing down into the bottom die. So when we press the steel, it, it it's going to be dragging against the bottom die. So it actually it would actually mar the die, and then it would mar the steel. Gotcha. Well, that's one of so the things. Don't... Yeah, that's one of the things I like about the diamond plate is. It's not as susceptible to, to being uh, if you if you put a dent in it, it the the diamond pattern breaks that up uh, a little bit, and also too it's stronger because it has that much more metal in it. But I, I understand it gives uh, the manufacturers of of bumpers and things more difficulty. I just really yeah, it's didn't think it's definitely a chore to work with it. Yeah, because the guy that made my. Uh, my custom front bumper uh, absolutely refused to do the whole thing in diamond plate. <laughs> and I agree with you. And I agree with you. Diamond plate is an old style type thing. And, and I just, I thought about it and I liked the smooth look and, uh, but I wanted it to be a little different. So I went with the, cause everybody was doing the smooth and I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the diamond plate and uh, the whole back bumper is, uh, is completely diamond plate. He no longer makes those. And uh, the custom is uh, diamond plate in the front, so it has this diamond plate look. And then I've got diamond plate along the side uh, on the, the rockers and the uh, uh, just below the door. So, you know, quarter panel yeah. of diamond plate. Mm-mm. <laughs> the other issue is cost. Since it's not used as much, yeah, it's true. Used as much, it, costs, it actually costs more than just regular 316 steel yeah well i'm just giving you a little bit of hard time it's not that big a deal everybody you ask anybody they'll say it doesn't matter he's never going to take it off road anyway and i keep telling them it's my daily driver damn it i can't trash it because i gotta go to work monday (laughs) (laughs) well that's great uh and it's interesting to hear about the um uh, the roof rack as a possibility now we do have an xj talk member that actually has one of your roof racks and and he loves it and that's one of the reasons why i was interested in it because i've seen it firsthand and uh, i don't know how long he's had it how long has it been since you guys uh stopped selling those um we we cut it loose i think about a year ago okay that makes sense um with intent with our intentions to make a newer one um you know it's funny because those and uh, we also made a light rack for a short amount of time that bolted to the rain gutters and mounted like four lights. It's kind of a pre-runner style, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really cheap. It was like 129 bucks, and it didn't sell well. 
And I was really surprised. I thought, like, this is a hot product. I, I, I was all proud of it. You know, I, I made it all by myself. I thought it was a great idea. You know, it was like, because everyone liked the pre-runner look to our rack, utility rack, but they didn't want the rack. It did not sell well. And the funny part is, is now when you go on forums, our roof rack and those light racks, they're like, if somebody can find them, they can charge so much money for them. You know, that's interesting because I had, uh, I, I like the idea of having lights uh, on up top like that. Uh, and I kind of like the idea of not having a roof rack. I'd actually considered getting a roof. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd actually considered getting a roof rack and storing it. So in case I needed it, I could put it on there and we could load up a bunch of crap and go. But I thought it would be cool to have the ability to have lights. And it, I also thought it would be neat, like those off-road uh, vehicles, the, like the pre-runners you're talking about, yeah. where, where the bar goes over the lights uh, or even uh, uh, kind of a, a circular pill shape type thing where it goes around the lights, but where it bolts to the, to the, uh, to the A-pillars or even mm-hmm. to you know, up there front where it's just a like a standalone unit. I thought that was a... For me personally, I thought that would be a really cool way of having the lights and not having to have uh, the roof rack. In other words, making it a little different than everybody else's. So I'm re- I, I did not know about your, your light rack, and I'm really surprised it didn't sell better. I, I, yeah. I would have thought that would have been a, a good seller. It, you know, the thing is now is if I said, hey, Mike, let's, let's make a modernized version of my light rack idea, and he would hop on Rigid Lights website, and we'd have to be like, we're going to use this $1,000 51 inch LED light. Yeah, uh, that's true. Hey, that's what people want too. I mean, that's it's hard. You know, not everyone wants to spend a thousand dollars on this light bar, but there's people that want these. Uh, it's tough. It's a t- it's tough to. Everyone thinks that they have a great idea, and and because they're interested in it, they think everyone's interested in it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the, we, the the downside is when you think you got a great idea, it uh, potentially costs you a lot of money, time and money. Yeah, yeah, and especially that that light rack. I mean we sold enough of them to recover, you know, costs. But on some of the stuff, like bumpers especially, you know, we'll spend, you know, Mike and I will combine to spend, you know, a couple of weeks worth of time through, you know, the prototyping, putting it into production, and actually running it through production. So then we run a batch of them to make sure they're good, and then we'll test them, and then we'll run another batch. And then, you know, we have to... Do installation instructions and get pictures and get everything online. And you know, we put a lot of time into the product, and then when it falls on its face, it's you know, just not fun. Well, I mean, I know that's just the the cost of doing business, and I'm sure after after getting beat with a with a get it wrong stick a few times, your your decision making gets a little better. Um, yeah, you know, something that I was wondering about on the JKs. They they have the two door and the four door JKs, um, and I don't know if the 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 two letter designator is the same for both of them, but uh, is the bumper, the front and rear bumper, any different between the, the two-door and the four-door models? No, they're the same. They actually call the, the four-door one a, a 10 Unlimited, so it's a JKU. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then two-door is just a JK. Yeah, everybody um, says, J- just kidding. How do you like that JK? You know what? To be completely honest with you, it is a great platform. It's, it's really tough because, you know, everyone wants to be nostalgic and, and hold on. Like CJ people, you know, when the YJ came out, it's the crap Jeep. You know, everyone wants to hold on to what they have, but at some point, at some point, you you know, the market runs up on something that's old. There's just not as many available. They're rusty. They're beat up. And the JK, for something that, to go out right now and buy a vehicle off of a car lot that you could actually turn into a wheeler, the JK is like one of the only real options. 
Well, I tell you this, that whenever I saw the, the four door JK, I knew that if they had had that, whenever I was getting my XJ, I would have got that instead because I wanted a TJ at the time. I wanted that Wrangler style, that look, and to have the ability of basically a Wrangler, but in four door, that would have taken care of my wish to, to have a, a back seat for my two small daughters. So yeah, we've, hands down. We've said that a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the Cherokee replacement is the JK Unlimited. It's the next version of what the Cherokee essentially was. You know, it's a family sized hauler that can four wheel and has you know the ability to be customized. And you and get that. There's nothing, and you there's get nothing that, against either. You know. Yeah, and you get that longer wheelbase, which was always the plus for the Cherokee. Yeah, and so yeah, it's really tough when the the JK market's kind of weird. It's a little fickle right now. Um, there's a lot of people that, um, I don't know, they're, because they spend a lot of money on these things brand new, their expectations are really tough to me sometimes. (laughs) And, and it's different with our Cherokee people. Most of them are like, I don't know, they're like blue collar. Not all of them are that way, but the most of them, the majority of them seems like blue collar guys. Sure. Hands on. I think is what I think. Love America. They have a dog (laughs) and you know, like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and more hands-on side. Yeah, and then, and so then you know when if we run into it's bound to happen. You know we build something incorrectly, something gets damaged in shipping. The Cherokee guys are just like, yeah, I'll figure it out, and then we just send them a T-shirt. You know, or, <laughs> in, like right. and they're thrilled. But the JG people, you know, if it gets shipping damaged in shipping, it ends up coming back to our shop. We're sending a replacement, and then we're fixing the shipping damage and trying to send it to the next person. And, and on and on and on. I will pile it in the back and have to do a garage sale of stuff that, you know, dings and dents. I was just going to ask you about that. Uh, how do you handle that stuff? Do you do you sell those locally? Do you put them up on eBay? How do how do people get those things? Um, normally, I throw them up on, uh, like, we'll just pile stuff up for, like, a year. And then prototypes and um, anything that's been damaged in shipping or if, uh, if something is, like, you know, some, it happens. We hand-build everything. So something will get welded incorrectly. Or a quarter panel line will be missing a hole that the plasma cutter missed and we didn't catch it, so that part will come back. What we'll usually do is we'll repair it to make it, but a lot of times people paint the stuff. And oh, then wow. at that point, we can't really do anything with it. Oh, yeah, because so, they, they paint it before they install it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and we have to tell everyone, don't do that, don't do that. And as long as it, if, it, if, somebody painted some, if somebody gets something and installs it and they have a problem with it and it's painted, our first instinct is our first thing to do is to repair it as opposed to replace it. And that usually, I mean, they don't understand and they get frustrated, but we can't do anything when, when we get the product back, we don't sell painted products. And a lot of times the finish is damaged and shipping on its way back and stuff like that. So we always tell everyone, put our stuff on first and then finish it and then put it on. Yeah. Do a test and, uh, fit at least. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people just get in a hurry, and I understand. I completely understand. I mean, I do the same <laughs> I gotta, thing. With, i got to get it. i got to get it on there. i got to see how it looks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I have three hours, and then my kids are home from school. Like, I understand, and, and it sucks to be in that position to, to be like that, but we just we can't constantly have this product coming back that's painted that we can't do anything with. Well, shipping's a and killer, and it's especially especially killer when you got to do it three times. <laughs> yeah, so we end up, we end up uh, piling stuff in, uh, in our lean-to, and then, um, you know, maybe once or twice a year, well, basically when I go back there and I trip over the stuff and then I'm like, I gotta get rid of this stuff. <laughs> and then I'll take pictures of it all and I'll throw it up online. Yeah. Um, we've been using our Facebook page a lot more to push a lot of that stuff. Oh, good idea. Yeah. And then, 
and then if they if people buy it, we just delete the picture um, and let people call in and order it. That way, it's just not local people getting, you know, because um, of all of our sales, three percent of our entire sales for the year are Michigan. Wow. So um, it, it's in my opinion, it's not fair to just give local guys the opportunity to get this scratch and dent and prototype product when the majority of our customer bases throughout the whole United States. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why I was asking how people could get that stuff because I'm, I'm sure that there are some Cherokee owners that also uh, have uh, JKs or they're going to get JKs. And if you've got something for a JK that they can get a little cheaper because somebody else uh, was too, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be hateful, yeah. but a little too sensitive about the, about how it looked. But I can understand that if you pay, Forty, fifty thousand dollars for a vehicle, and especially if that's your your first four wheel drive, or maybe it's not. Maybe maybe you just want, like I was saying earlier, you just want something that that matches the the quality of what the the looks of what you have. And of yeah. course, that's one of the things that that drew me to to JCR Off Road was how nice everything looked and how well built it looked. And I don't want uh, some sort of crappy thing hanging off my Jeep now. If, if I bought it for $1,000 and I was going to take it out and beat the hell out of it, then what do I care? But it's mine's a daily driver, so I want it to look nice. Well, one of the other issues that we have is that we sell everything unfinished. Um, we actually had UPS tell us that if we continued to finish the product and, and do insurance claims for damages, that they would stop carrying, they would stop being our courier altogether. Wow, what a, so great, we, what a we, great position to be in, how they can dictate to the customer like that. So we had no choice, and at that point, we were like, well, yeah, I guess we're shipping everything bare metal, and it wasn't a problem. It's not a problem for our Cherokee guys, because they're all handy, and they you know, like, hey, I get to put whatever finish on it. It saves me money. I get to choose whether I want to spend a lot of money on a finish or just rattle can it. Right. But the JK people that have a $50,000 Jeep, they don't, most of them don't want to spray paint, and they don't want to spray paint, and then they don't know how to network, and it's it's tough because we lose a lot of sales for that. But I know that in like another four or five years, it's going to be just like the Cherokee stuff. People are just going to be like, heck yeah, that's the way I want it. Well, as the price comes down uh, on those, the used vehicles, then yeah, you're going to get uh, more of the, the hands-on kind of people, the ones that don't have uh, the 40, 50 K just to drop on a, on a Jeep. So yeah. And nothing against and those also, people. I mean, I like everybody that has money. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that, but there is a different, there. It, it's a different lifestyle whenever you don't have the money to spend and you want something, you have to figure out a way to get it or just, or just do without. Yeah. And the other thing is that, I mean, we ship everything bare metal and since everything comes bare metal, we can't hide any flaws. So with that being said, you know, we're basically showing you, it's like standing there naked. I mean, we're showing you our naked product and a lot of times, you know, they, if it came finished, they would have no problem. They'd be like, Oh, this looks awesome. But because, you know, it's unfinished, they can see everything, and then okay. who knows? Okay, you know? I, got, I got a million-dollar advertising idea for you. This will take care of your problem with that, that certain segment of JK uh, 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 purchasers that, that don't like it bare like that. You get a, a very nice-looking young lady and get a very nice camera crew and have her stand there naked holding your, your bumper, JK bumpers, or any <laughs> of the product line. And, and you put on there something along the lines of, uh, we, we stand bare naked 
<laughs> we <laughs> let you dress. We let you dress your bumper the way you want to, or something along those we're lines. Not, okay, the idea is <laughs> the idea is not completely fleshed out, but I think you get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea, but the thing is, is that our style would probably be to take Al, our front guy, our front desk guy, and make him stand naked. Hold See, him. and that's to me, that's a beautiful thing too, <laughs> because the the ooh factor will be just as memorable as the uh, ooh. <laughs> factor so. yeah we're, we're pretty uh, and that's kind of the if people follow us on facebook or if they've ever stopped at our shop they'll they'll see that we're very personable and and we definitely have a good time i mean we play jokes on each other like constantly and uh, the first the first day that al came to work for us he recently started uh working for us in august i believe and i told him he was getting trained by eric a guy who, who actually relocated to washington state and i was like Hey, if you're not, I said, Al, if you're not going to be doing anything, why don't you make a sign and go stand out by the road like the pizza guy? <laughs> and then I went back to work, and like a half hour later, I was like, where's Al at? And I went outside, and he made a sign, and he was twirling him by the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's great. But it's great having attitudes like that, because you you got to be there every day, and so many hours, so, you know, it's it's good to have a, a good working relationship with your, uh, yeah, with one, your coworkers. Yeah, one, one of our welders, um, his name is Casey, and we gave him a nickname, like, immediately. I call him Doodle Jump after that video game, just randomly. And uh, he's homeschooled, so we always tease him for being homeschooled. <laughs> no. And he'll, he, he'll always show us his homeschool high-five, and especially him high-fiving himself over his head. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Facebook a couple of times. Uh, what are the various ways people can, uh, can get in touch with you? Of course, the jcroffroad.com uh, website, but... Uh, how do they get you on Facebook and are you on Twitter, YouTube? Um, we don't, we're not on Twitter. We have a couple of videos on, on YouTube. We really haven't done a whole lot with YouTube. We've talked about it. Um, it's, it's kind of like the next step for us. Um, when we hired Al, he's our first time that we've actually had just a front desk customer service rep. We've always had somebody that did that slash something else. And, uh, so eventually I'd like to get to the point where we have installation and stuff on YouTube. But, um, right now the easiest way to, to to contact us is pick up the phone and call us. Al is always answering the phone. He calls people back. They leave voicemails. Um, if you follow us on Facebook, we uh, we post all the time. We post pictures of us smashed and stuff because we like to smash things when we get mad. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> the best thing I think we smashed was uh, we had a Canon um, camera, and it, it was just, oh, it was driving me nuts. And we dealt with this thing being a pain for like three months. And finally I was like, I'm done with this camera. So Daryl went out and smashed it in the press. So we document it when we smash it. Like Al likes to listen to country music, and no one else in the shop likes country music. So we actually smashed our computer speakers to get him to stop. Oh wow! But so, anyways, um, on Facebook we're always posting goofy stuff like that, pictures of us doing plain jokes on each other. Um, but people can post right on our Facebook page or message us on Facebook, um, and then email right off of our contact site. You know, there's a, a light form that kind of you tell us what your issue is from like four or five choices, and then it gets directed to whoever um, would be the person to answer that question. Um, but the easiest way is, you know, during our business hours to call and talk to Al. And if you call outside of our business hours, just leave a message, and Al's always calling people back right away. Uh, what's your number? 269-353-1184. Excellent. Now, <clears throat> you gave me a hard time about the diamond plate. I'm going to give you a hard time. Uh, if you're not online and you're asking people to call you on the phone, I mean, how 90s is that? Actually, that's 80s, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, 
the first instinct of people is to go into a forum and talk about the problem. But we don't, I mean, we surf a lot of forums. We surf like ah, 12 different forums. And so we rely on people that like, hey, you guys noticed this thread? And then we're like, oh, no, we didn't. And a lot of times there's that, you know, the, someone will have a problem with our product or a missing bolt or this or that, and they'll make a big deal out of it where if they just got a hold of us, we would fix it right away. Sure. No, I understand. Um, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and we always try to keep people. We always try to keep people calm on uh, xjtalk.com and 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 encourage them to speak directly with the vendor. And uh, I know I, I uh, there's been a couple of cases where people are just there, they're upset, and they're just trying to badmouth. And uh, I I kind of try to ask questions because there's very few bad vendors out there. I mean, if you've been in business any length of time, uh, everybody knows how, uh, especially in the day day and age with the communications the way it is you know that you don't want somebody going out there with this ability to tell the whole world their thoughts yeah. and ideas that may be wrong. And uh, so I always try to balance that out on the site. Oh, we're, you know what? When we see those threads, they're, they're frustrating at first. But in the end, we always look great because, you know, as soon as they air the issue, we air the resolution of it. And then everyone's like, oh, look, they took care of it. Of course you took care of it. Like, we're not looking to make anybody's day miserable. Yeah. We should a- set up a, we should do a text. We should set up a texting thing where people could text their questions. Then maybe that would be the next way to go. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah. Well, I see you guys on occasionally uh, on uh, xjtalk.com uh, and uh, jumping in there and looking around. So I guess that's one of the uh, one of the sites that you guys peruse. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of them, <laughs> and there's so much. And we just try to. Our number one goal is to just make sure misinformation is out there. I mean, people can. It, talk about their experience with us, um, negative or positive, however they feel. I mean, that's their right. Um, just like when someone, you know, misrepresents our product, it, we just don't want the misinformation. I don't want somebody to buy something based on what somebody said and then it'd be wrong. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, also, too, if you're going to get dinged for something, you want to make sure that you were, it was really your mistake or your fault and not just something that they misunderstood, et cetera. So, yeah, I don't blame mm-hmm. you. And you'd be surprised at how many people don't read our product descriptions on our website. No, I wouldn't. The reading instructions or reading descriptions of things <laughs> is the last thing you do. You just look and, you know, use, and if it doesn't work out, then it's certainly something wrong with the design, not your ability to understand something. No, I, I'm a man. I understand how that thing works. Yeah. Yeah, that's for those, you know, YouTube reviews, because people would rather sit and watch a four-minute review. This is our product. This is how it opens. This is how it works, as opposed to just reading it's made from 316 steel and built in house. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Well, look, man, uh, I kept you over much longer than what I had intended, which I'm perfectly happy with, but I always feel bad for the guest when I tell him 30 minutes and it winds up being 50 minutes or, or two hours. I actually had to, had a guest over two hours on the, on the phone like this. And, uh, it was a lot of fun for me. I don't know how bad it was for them, but anyway, no, I had, I had a blast. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, it's not every day we get to, you know, talk to people and you know when we started growing our business we used to have a lot of people stop in and and we still do this to the day if somebody stops in in our shop we're going to give them a tour we want you to see what we do how we make it we want you to feel like you're part of you know when you're making a purchase with us you're getting a part of us too you know you're getting us backing you up we know what we're doing we're proud of what we do so for, for me to get the opportunity to air a lot of these stuff i mean a lot of stuff people have no idea and so it's you know Wow, that's interesting. You know, like the UPS thing. 
is interesting. Yeah, it was to me. Uh, that that amazes me, and it amazes me how they how they treat you guys. It's almost like uh, the way Coke does some of these uh, uh, national businesses, and that's the reason why Taco Bell doesn't carry Coke is because they don't give them any breaks, which it just amazes me. Just amazes me how how a company can get that big that they can start dictating to the customer what what they will and won't do with their product. Yeah, it, it's tough because in my position now, I've done similar stuff. You know, I mean, like we'll just say blatantly no to something and not even give it a second thought. We're essentially doing the same thing just on a different scale. So I I always try to give whoever's running. They obviously know their business better than I do, so there's a reason for it. They're not just doing it to be mean to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that, but there, there. I think there still needs to be a bit of latitude, uh, especially when uh, um, thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars is is spent every year. I mean, I know they're uh, a multi million, maybe even a multi billion dollar a year company, but you know, people don't have to buy, uh, don't have to ship. And, you know, there's, there's other things that you could be doing, uh, that I'm sure would be as profitable, but, uh, yeah. Well, with UPS, I mean, they, they have a hub about every 45 minutes. They're the most reliable, you know? No, I, I love, I love UPS. I just don't like the idea of any, anybody dictating. It would be like you, me calling you up and say, Hey, I'd like to spend $400 with you on this bumper. And you'd say, yeah, well, uh, we're kind of busy right now. Can you call back in an hour? And I mean, really, that's the way I look at it is that if, if you're not interested in my business, then I don't need to spend my money with you. That's how, that's actually how a lot of our local customers feel with, um, like we used to do a lot of like roll cage installations and lift installs and stuff. And, and anymore, we've kind of streamed our business to just doing manufacturing. Sure. So they'll come in and they'll be like, Hey, I'd like to get a cold for a cage. And we're like, we don't do those anymore. And then they're like really offended and sad. Oh, well, I can imagine they would be disappointed, but uh, certainly they have to understand, uh, you know, but you you see, this gives other businesses, other people, the ability to start up a business. I mean, they could start one up very close by, work at a deal with you, and you could just direct them over there, and it's a win-win. Yeah, we we direct all of our, you know, lift installs and some other mechanical work to a, a shop in town, and, you know, we try to pass on the business. It's just that I can't believe it, because they're when we first started this thing where we were working 80, 90 hour weeks, we wouldn't turn away a quarter. You know, we worked our butts off for everything. And now we just, our time, so we're so time constrained, you know, and the manufacturing side is so big that it's just like, well, we don't really have time to do that. And it's really hard to tell somebody that you don't have time for them. Yeah. No, I understand because uh, they're, they're the most important person at the moment. If anybody can figure out how to manufacture time, they are going to be a very wealthy person. <laughs> well, they, they probably have, and they've uh, gone either to the past or the future. <laughs> well, Brian, I want to thank you a lot for being with, with us tonight, and it has been a very interesting and pleasant conversation, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get you or whatever representative that you hire in the future to be your uh, social media person <laughs> back on the show. Yeah, I mean, if you can, uh, if you have some of your followers who want to start asking questions, uh, I can help. I'll field questions on, on your guys' bulletin board, or I'll come back on and do it on another podcast if people have specific things they want to know. I mean, we're, with the exception, I'm not going to tell you how much our profit margins are. I'm pretty willing to, to share, you know. Yeah, you know, it's a sad thing. People would ask that question. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Which is just rude. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm willing, I'm willing to explain anything. If someone wants to know how, you know, we built our own plasma table or, how we got started. I mean, I'm willing to share everything. I don't really, 
we have nothing to hide. That's so. great. That's exactly the same same way I am. I figure if there's somebody, it's the way I did with XJ Talk. I figure I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to do it the best way that I can do it with one simple rule. And that's going to be that we don't bash uh, people and what they ask and what they say. We want to make sure that everybody has uh, the ability to ask a question without worried about getting flamed from uh, other members. And mm-hmm. if it if it if somebody else comes up with a bulletin board uh, a, a forum that's better than mine, great. I, I didn't do my job, so uh, I don't mind explaining things to people and, and, and including them in. So I appreciate exactly what you're saying, and I think that's the way everybody should be. And if everybody was, uh, the world would be a lot better place. Yeah. So listeners, if you guys have any questions for me, feel free to post away. I'll uh, I'll hop on and make sure that I answer them the best I can. Well, great, Brian. Thanks a lot for being here, and uh, I'm sure our uh, members will really enjoy this interview. Yeah, thank you for having me again. XJTalk.com. 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 It's where you go when you're not off-road. Well, guys, it's another Sunday and another end of the XJ Talk Show. I want to thank... Brian from JCR Off-Road and uh, his very interesting interview. And, uh, of course, our uh, co-host, Josh. Thank you very much, Josh. Hey, glad to do it, Tony. And uh, another week in the can. I can't complain. And, and awesome interview from Brian Myers from JCR Off-Road. That's that's great. And that's that's one I'm definitely going uh, to keep handy and be listening to that a couple times over, I think. It was great news. I'm glad to, glad to hear somebody is doing so well uh, in the business world. Uh, with the economy being the way it is. Uh, and uh, it was interesting to hear uh, how the uh, the JKs are becoming a large portion of his business. Uh, XJ's uh, still there, of course, but uh, uh, I guess as the JKs, like he said, as the JKs are getting older, there's more people willing to uh, bend them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, so until next week, and... Uh, we're going to have an interview with uh, Courtney Holland of Ventura County Off-Road Show uh, next week. So uh, hopefully you'll uh, tune in for that. And don't forget about our live show, 10 p.m. Sunday on Ustream. Just check out the uh, the website, xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com for details. So until next week, uh, this is uh, Tony. And this is Josh. <laughs> have, a, uh, have a good weekend. See you guys. What were you thinking?